Hi everyone and welcome to the Kick to the Crotch podcast. Um, thank you to Jordan, who I don't think has heard that um, uh, podcast title before. Um, so Jordan Cooper is joining me today. Jordan was um, the first president of the Self-Defence and Wellbeing Society. In fact, he was the founder of the society. For those of you that think it's me, it wasn't me, it was him. Um, so Jordan's joining us today. Basically, we're going to be talking about the idea of... Um, self-defense and the reality of self-defense and training. So not just the stuff you see on YouTube or anything like that, but, um, or even when you're training it actually legitimately in the club, but actually the reality of using it um, in various different ways when it's, you know, push come to shove. As always guys, the uh, warning, this is an unedited podcast. What we say are our views and our views alone. They do not represent Christchurch University or the Student Union or any affiliate uh, memberships that either of us have to any kind of um, body, self-defense or otherwise. They are literally our independent views alone. That is it. Um, there will almost definitely be swearing. There will almost definitely be views that I'm sure you do not agree with. If you are likely to get offended by this, please leave now and do not complain because I have warned you. Um, so yeah, other than that, so I will just let Jordan kind of quickly introduce himself and maybe why he started the society and then we'll just go straight into it. So Jordan. Cool. Uh, hi everyone. As Adam said, uh, I was one of the founders. I found it with another student called Harry and uh, with Adam as the instructor. Um, just a bit of background. I did Krav Maga before that uh, and then I started training under Adam briefly before I founded the society. Um, the reason I actually founded the Self-Defense Society was we actually had a female friend who worked for the SU at the time. She worked in the SU bar um, and she used to walk home with keys in her hand. She used to openly say this. She felt at risk walking home. And her natural thing was her mum used to tell her this was just keep keys in your hand. If the police stop you and you've hit someone with them, well, you're just getting your keys out to go to your front door, which is a great story. But if you're 15 minutes away from home, I highly doubt you're going to have your keys out ready as if you're suddenly going to run to the door like Flash. Um, so we started talking to her. She didn't want to join any of the current societies. There are other societies like boxing and other things that happen, but they all felt a bit too male dominated for her. So I kind of, at the time, I, I couldn't bring her in to train with me and Adam because it, that was a, a, my own thing that I was doing. Um, we had actually tried to set up a self-defense society before, but for some reason it didn't get approved. This time uh, we went about it in, I guess, a better way and we got it approved. And I think, I don't know if that's still the case, but my first year, something like 75% of the membership was female. We were pretty much a female dominated society. I don't know if that is still the case, but it was largely girls come in. And I tell you what, the girls hit a lot harder than the guys, contrary to public belief. Never mess with a woman. They will hit harder, especially if they've been talked to. <laughs> I have the feeling that your girlfriend is in the background looming. <laughs> not, although I have, I have actually trained her in, in some bits as well. And every now and then she will just go, what, like this? And I'm like, yeah, I like that. <laughs> Although hopefully you haven't trained her and specified that there's any specific self-defense as you signed a piece of paper saying you wouldn't, but hey. Um, but yeah, so as, as, um, as Jordan kind of said there, the, the whole thing about, yeah, let's have the keys in the hand, it's bollocks, guys. It's not true. It's just not true. If you're 10, 20 minutes away from home and you've got keys out and you go, oh, I just got my keys out. Where do you live? Oh, I live in Faversham. But you're in outside chemistry. Yeah. You've just assaulted them. That's all you've done. Um, now, obviously, the courts, everything will very likely go with you because if you're under attack. However, you've just attacked them with a weapon. That is a weapon. 
um, reasonable force is what you have to do when you come to self-defense. There are many different parts of self-defense. It's not just about um, smacking in the face. A lot of it is about the law, which is where that comes in. Uh, and also just verbal um, bring down, because we have um, a guy that I'm sure we've has been in every single year, I'm sure. A guy called Yeti, who used to be at the door at the SU, uh, now works independently. Uh, but we bring Yeti in, who is old school uh, bouncer, a big guy, used to be a biker as well. We bring him in basically to shout at you. Me and him just stand in front of you and try and get you to pay attention to what you're doing. So um, we do try and do it that way as well. So they're all different parts of training. Um, the girls, 75%, I don't know, I think it probably evened out a bit. Um, the membership, Towards the end of the year, it probably did, yeah. Yeah, the membership gets um, goes through ebbs and flows, really, in terms of uh, male, female dominated. Um, I think last year it was probably more 50-50. Um, we always get a massive influx at the beginning, and then people go, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> don't want to slap it's someone on that no, 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 no. It's not all airy-fairy, and that's, I think that's part of the problem. Um, you know, if you talk to most people about self-defense and actually defending yourself, most people will bring just stupid things up. They'll immediately jump to things that they, they've seen in popular culture. So Bruce Lee, Jason Bourne, oh, he was in the army, he can do this, they can do that. Oh, he's a rugby player, he's going to be tough. And I mean, at least Bruce Lee was a martial artist. At least Bruce Lee was a martial artist. We'll at least that. he was a martial artist, right? But then they'll, they'll look at... <laughs> Matt Damon, the, the no. One thing, for example, is just ridiculous. I'm like, I, I used to get that a lot. It's like, oh, what's your society about? Well, it's about learning to defend yourself. Yeah. Well, what do you think you are? Jason Bourne? No, not, not even half right, not even a quarter right, completely wrong. It's about defending yourself in a real situation or better yet, trying to avoid getting into a fight in the first place. The best fight is no goddamn fight. If you can avoid a fight, don't get in one. It's not a pissing contest. It's, yeah. it's about keeping yourself safe. It's yeah, really there's bad. a weird... There's a weird thing that people seem to come to the society sometimes thinking that I'm there going to teach them how to fight. Now, learning how to fight is a completely different skill set. I am not there and whoever instructs you, whoever it is, if it's me, if it's um, Tom Davies sensei, whoever it is that's there training you, um, we're not there to train you to fight because you haven't, you're not there for long enough for us to teach you how to fight. Um, I used to be a tournament fighter when I was younger, um, when my bones were a little less brittle. Um, and you, we can't teach you in, in, in that short a time. That's just not going to happen. Especially in, in terms of You'll fighting with some... Within a month. You are? Oh, within in a month. month. Yeah, yeah. well... Yeah, you'd be certain, in a month, it'd be fine. Certain, certain <laughs> martial arts and self-defense systems may pretend they can. Um, but this does not what's going to happen, guys. If you come to us, we're not there. If we've trained you, we have trained you to try and get out quickly, harshly, get out of a situation and get the fuck out of there. That is, that is it. We're not trying to fight. If you've, ever taught, if you've ever been taught by one of us there, and now you're going around going, oh, I can fight now, or someone thinks you can fight or anything like that, it's just not true. It's just not true. You may have done some other stuff otherwise that means you can now fight, but don't think that you're going to come to a self-defense society. And any, this isn't just me. This is any decent self-defense class across the country, across the world. Any good self-defense club uh, you're not going to go to them and then suddenly be, um, you know, signing up for the UFC. It isn't going to happen. Um, because in the, in the same way that a lot of uh, martial artists can't necessarily do the self-defense side because they're not used to it. They're used to, a, you know, that's a points hit. That's a referee there doing that. They're not used to just being, you know, completely mullered. So it's very that, different. That's so different, though. Like, you get people, like, who do, I don't know, some, like, 
take Taekwondo or something, great, great martial art to do, teach you a lot of things. Even someone who's practiced, say, Taekwondo for a couple of years, that doesn't mean necessarily that they can actually fight. It means they've probably got a better chance of defending themselves than someone who hasn't. That doesn't mean they're going to be a prize street fighter. It means that they're very good in that particular discipline. It doesn't mean that if they come up against someone who's done boxing for 15 years that they're going to win. No, the boxer will probably likely win through experience. But it's, I don't understand where this contrast comes from. I've been doing this for years. I'll definitely knock everyone out who hasn't. No, it, it doesn't work. And any decent instructor, any decent sensei who actually knows what they're talking about will never teach you the mindset that the more you do, you're going to be able to beat someone else up because that's never what it's about in any decent martial art. No, it's because the, I think it's because this question has always existed. We still get asked it now, a lot of people, of what's the best martial art? What's the best system? And that's why. It's because somebody wants to be... And it, it comes from this MMA culture, I think, of the idea of, like, well, if I have the best combination, then I'm going to be the ultimate fighter. It's fucking Yuri Boyka. You're not going to be the most complete fighter. It ain't going to happen. You know, um, you're not going to get some kind of snake eternity tattoo and suddenly become a Russian fucking um, prison <laughs> fighter. It's not going to happen. Um, and actually, I talked about this in a podcast a couple of weeks ago, that even if you look at, um, so the idea that people have, because that's, that's what a lot of people have, is they have this idea that they're going to become Yuri Boyka or someone like that. Um, one of the most famous kicks from those films, the Undisputed films, is known as the Boyka kick. If you ever watch Scott Adkins talk about the Boyka kick, he talks about how much bollocks that kick would be in real life. He literally, the guy that does it, says, yeah, you'd never, you'd never do that in real life. You're going to fucking power in it. It's, it's, it looks flashy and it looks good for a fight, but it's like slapping someone like that. That is all it has. In fact, he was, talk, he was talking about being a stunt, because he does stunt work as well, and he was saying that with most hits, you obviously have to pull them slightly, unless you're in Hong Kong, where it's a lot harsher and they just fucking tell you to hit each other. He said, but when you're doing something like the biker kick, you can go full force because of how little force there actually is in the hit. So you've got these things that people aspire to of looking, oh, I'm going to look amazing, I'm going to do this. And it's like, yeah, but you go full force and the stuntman doesn't even feel it. So it's, people want to look flashy. The, the, the Jason Bourne films, the, um, Jack Reacher, now don't get me wrong, they're fun and they're entertaining to watch. We have film nights where we have played these, um, but they're not true for sake like i'm sorry but for a start jack reacher you do not move into someone and then come the upper what the fuck are you doing why would you ever do that why the fuck would you ever one would fuck did you ever turn your back on the guy who's meant to be the hardest one in the group that don't make any pissing sense <laughs> what are you doing it's not true um I mean, I think this is by the way um I was reading the other day um, into one of the flights from 9-11. I think it was the one that um, ended up crashing. Um, and it was either that one or the Pentagon one. I, I, I can't remember. One of the guys on one of the flights that was actually murdered was an ex-Israeli Special Forces member. If anyone can fight, if you're going to go down that whole you know, mainstream culture there, they're tough that. Special Forces, particularly Israeli Special Forces, yeah, I, I wouldn't fuck with them. He got murdered by, effectively, an untrained extremist on the flight because he tried to take them on. If someone like that, who's that highly trained, still can get you know taken down effectively and killed, yeah, what, 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 where does this culture come from? I think some of it comes from like lad culture, maybe. Yeah, like, and I when mean, you're younger, you get taught that, don't you? He's hard, leave him alone. Don't do the that. The biggest problem that probably happened. I mean, I don't know. I don't know the details. I don't know anything about it. But I would assume the biggest problem there is you're on a plane, you can't go anywhere. And the idea is, if you're going to take someone down, you get the fuck away. If you're in an enclosed space, 
and there is no exit. Because even if there's an enclosed space, let's say someone attacks you in a nightclub in a toilet, you've still got somewhere to go and you can get out. If you can get out and you're, you're gone, you can't do that on a plane. So that's, that's where the issue, especially in terms of self-defense comes. So I, I would assume that's where his problem came from. from. No one actually knows really what happens. Obviously the no. plane well, crashed. You probably had knives uh, and, and, and knives are yeah. a nightmare. And in close quarters, well, the, uh, the expectation, I uh, think, from the inquiry was something like he saw an extremist walk past him, he went to challenge the extremist, and there was one sat in the seat immediately behind him that he didn't know about. That's never so he basically had no, no hope in hell, but that's someone who's trained to be aware, to look, and even he obviously had that element taken away from him and, and unfortunately lost his life yeah. trying to help you're, people. You're never going to be, you know, you're not Neo from the Matrix. You're, you're not going to be able to slow down things around you. It's just not going to happen. I mean, I was trained... Um, I have been trained under ex-Israeli um, uh, Israeli Defence Force guys. Uh, I have trained under um, people who are representatives of um, sing singular representatives of a Japanese house in certain martial arts. Um, I've trained under ex-British military um, combat military trainers. But at the end of the day, any of them will tell you on a good day, on a bad well, on a bad day for them, they're fucked because they're good instructors and they know what they're doing. Um, these are guys who, if you ever said to someone, well, this is the guy, they'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, they must be hard or whatever. And be like, yeah, but now go and ask them. And they're like, no, why the fuck would we fight? Because there's this assumption that you just get into a fight for the hell of it. Um, and I think that's the difference. In terms of, um, of training, um, how would you say, so, <sighs> In terms of training, well, I remember training. That's why I laughed at the name of the podcast. It evokes very strong memories. <laughs> well, I mean, how would you find? How do you find in terms of self-defense for training? Because obviously, especially in the early days of the society, because I'm far more of a one-on-one -on -one or small group instructor. Always have been, and that's how it started off. Um, and then it was suddenly right. There's forty people, and so it's been developed. And it's kids developing from there. So, how would you say in terms of training, it was? maybe compared it to your previous training. I don't know if, I can't remember if you did anything else other than Krav Maga, but in terms of other training or any other self-defense stuff, how would you find it? Or just self-defense in general and, you know, to advise people? It's, I guess it's different. So like the Krav Maga stuff we did, um, I did some one-on-one -on -one training and I did some group training, but it wasn't, it was useful, but it wasn't as, I guess, situationally real as the self-defense stuff. Um, and it's weird. The first time you're pulled into a room and you're trained, and you're told to like, I think I remember one of our one on you went, punch me. <laughs> I was just like, I don't really want to just punch anyone. No, punch me. And every time you miss, I'll, I'll slap you. I'm like, that's weird. Even that alone on its own, you're in a situation where you're being told to hit someone, which is something that depending on your upbringing, you don't really do unless your back is against the wall anyway, but you've never really had to do it in that kind of situation. So like take, for example, we had um, a few people in our group trainings. I remember in the first year we did it. Um, and we were walking around. I think the message was hit your partner properly. Otherwise you'll get hit anyway to show what it should be like. And people used to complain about that at first because they were like, well, I don't want to slap such and such, such and such is my friend. But okay, if you can't slap your friend, how are you going to slap someone who's attacking you? And it, it really boils down to trying to recreate the situation as closely as you can yeah. and try and imitate almost the, uh, I guess the adrenaline that you'd get in that real situation. You feel pressured. So like, the training awesome. with Yeti was always great because even though I'd done training uh, with you and various other things, nothing quite compares to having this massive biker doorman yelling at you, you're a fucking cunt, I'm going to rip your head off, what did you say about my bird? 
to your face to the point where he's almost spitting in your face, that's real or as close as to real as you're going to yeah. get. And so, I mean, you can handle that and respond without freezing. You're going to I mean, be a lot of it, anyway. A lot of it was muscle memory, which is why we, I always said with things like that. I mean, so anyone wondering, well, you don't just randomly slap someone to get them off of you. What Jordan's talking about is there's a, a, there's a distraction slap. Basically, it's a distraction so that by the time you've done what you need to to get them off of you, they wonder what the hell just happened because you slapped them and they're going, oh, what the fuck? Um, that's why we slapped them. Um, but it's the same thing. And it's muscle memory. So the reason is, is you get a lot of people that will just go. And they're yes. like, oh, but I'll do it properly on the day. No, you won't, because you'll have to think about it. And if you have to think, you're fucked. If you have to think, if you, if you have to think when you're coming into a fight or if someone's trying to attack you and you have to think, you are done. Your thinking happens in training. Your thinking happens in sparring. Your thinking happens months and years before this ever happens, if it ever happens at all. Um, because it's if like a you footballer. To... Imagine you're a coach of a football team and you're telling the footballer he needs to get better at his penalties. And he lined the ball up on the penalty spot, ran up to it and then stopped. and went, no, I'll do it properly in the final. Yeah. No. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the same thing. I mean, we've had someone that I literally said, there's no point you being here and left the class. Because anyone out there who's um, about to join the university or thinking of coming along and things like that, um, please do. But don't assume that I'm going to be nice to you just because you're a student there. Um, you either do as you're told or you leave. I'm not there to make your life... Um, nice and fluffy it's just not what we do it's, it's not pleasant it's, right it's training groin kicks is absolutely not pleasant it is horrible. we do have groin guards i just want to point out there are groin guards there are steel groin guards that i advise people to wear i need more we than steel it. i need, we, I need changed it we've I changed it slightly now so we do we do slightly <laughs> different groin groin kicks now but we do still have them because it's an easy one if you're in close quarters bang uh, it's nice and easy but we do we do try and make them as realistic as possible we wear steel ones because i've seen People doing groin kicks with um, plastic cups, and I've just seen them snap. Um, and trust me, even with a cup, the as a as a, as a guy, just the, the fear. Even though I know it's coming, and the kick, even with a cup, still doesn't really hurt. It does hurt, but it's the shock of actually getting hit. Obviously, there if you're not used to it. Um, so imagine the, the guy would be on the floor probably from something like that. It's horrible. But how else are you going to train unless you actually do it and kick someone in the groin? It's, I mean, it's good to. I mean, it's good to have Yeti there as well, like you say. And you can always see when me and Yeti muck about because me and Yeti will just go out of nowhere. You fucking asshole! And both of us are just going to stand there, like, right. Um, and then we'll just randomly do it with you guys. Of like, what the hell? I mean, so many times. I think even before a lot of people knew who he was, me and Yeti would just randomly be in student bar um, at the SU bar and just be like, "The fuck are you doing here, you cunt? The fuck are you?" And you just see people all around us. Because I'm not a small guy, he's not a small guy, and just going, oh shit. And then suddenly, you're right, mate, how's it going? <laughs> um, but it's just how we act. Uh, we both worked the doors, we've both done that, we both had that kind of weird background. And when we get Yeti to come along, Yeti is used for um, conflict resolution. So he's used for um, how to talk someone down. Because if, if, if you have me and Yeti in front of you, pushing you, telling you whatever, and your immediate response is to try and hit us, it's not going to go well. Your first point of call is talk. Your first point of call is talk. 
I tend to act drunk because it's easy to get out of the way that way. I know someone that used to just be like, you know what, I've just had a baby, I'm sorry, whatever, or offer a drink or whatever, and then just leave. There's a lot of different ways, but it's it's how we react to it at the time. Um, my favorite one from you, Jordan, when you started, it wasn't necessarily that I told you to hit me, it was when you just went, yeah, but I can just block it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you can thank Craft uh, McGar for that one. Yeah. <laughs> I can just block it, really. Would you like me to try and hit you? Yeah, okay, let's see if you can block this. No, I mean, okay. Technically, I blocked it, but also with your head. really hurt. I mean, really hurt. You blocked it with your head. Let's be honest. <laughs> your block got my arm, my fist got the back of your head. You didn't block anything. You blocked it with your body, which isn't really blocking. Um, the idea <laughs> yes, of blocking, guys, I've said this in things before. There are deflection blocks that, that, that work. There's deflections standing there and just <laughs> trying to block Move out the fucking way! Move. I remember um, I remember trading the footwork stuff and then there's that sudden realisation after you've done the footwork pattern enough times where you go, yeah, someone's going to hit me. I can just move. And that, that sounds that's so ridiculously simple. But at the time, most people would tend to move backwards or they panic or, you know, you don't, no one really knows what, how they're going to react. Most people don't react well to someone being really confrontational, making a beeline for them like a torpedo. But when you actually realise that you can move, and that, that sounds so stupid and so simple, but you can move out the way if you time it right and you practice it. It works far better than any kind of strike ever will. Just well, I mean, Harry used to do it all the time. <laughs> Harry did it to the point of getting really pissed off that he couldn't punch me. Um, which I'm sure you've seen a few times. I don't remember. And you'd have some people just going, yeah, but he's not really trying. No, he really is. And <laughs> at this point, he really fucking is. Um, but yeah, it's so angry. <laughs> I, remember. So I just want to hit you. <laughs> or the kicking. The kicking was funny as well. Um, but the, I mean, to me, it, it comes down to as simple as this. If you've ever seen an episode of Friends, there's one where Joey tells Ross to hit him. And immediately, Joey moves because it's instinctual. And then Joey says, look, you just move and punches Ross. And Ross just gets hit in the face. Which one do you think is self-defense? Which one do you think <laughs> is just being a fucking idiot? Okay. <laughs> just move. Um, yeah, you've got Unagi as well. Unagi, yeah. Unagi, yeah. <laughs> fucking eel. Um, so there, there is there is big difference with things like that. Now, um, I say certain things about certain martial arts and other self-defense systems. They all have their place. And if, when mixed together, I think they can be very helpful. Assuming, and this goes for my self-defense as well, but assuming one is better than all others, is fucking stupid because it doesn't work like that. Also, when people tell you to only work it in a certain way, like, oh, well, this is how they're going to attack you and that's it. No, 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 no. You need to practice that in terms of stress testing because then you adapt what you're doing to what works best for you or what your response is. Because if all you're doing is going, well, they're coming in with a knife like this, and so they're there, and they're real slow. So I'm going to do no. You that was my favourite stress test, by the way. Knife, knife defence stress test was my favourite, most painful, but definitely my favourite, um, because it just highlighted. I don't. You see all the videos, don't you, online? There's like a million videos of a guy doing some fancy ass shit to disarm a knife or a my gun's my favourite one. Gun's my absolute favourite. Guy's got a gun to your head, and the guy's like, if I turn really quickly and do that, and just go hit wrist and go like that, basically go like that. And he has the gun and he points at it. And I'm just like, bollocks, you'd be dead. You're absolutely out cold. You would not be fast enough to do that. I don't care how hard you train, unless you distract him or some, something else has to happen. But knife defense. Unless he flinches. 
unless yeah. he flinches. That's it. That's the, that's the. If he flinches, you've got a chance. And I, I've said if it's that if it's that point at which you know he's definitely just going to shoot you, then why the fuck not? But other than that, other than that um, but yeah, no, the knife stress testing, and I, I think I spoke about this in uh, spoke about this in other podcasts is when we're basically just going. You know, a lot of the times when we just pin you against the wall and just stab you. Um, is a blunt blade non sharpened <laughs> non sharp you can't sharpen them um billetong um butterfly knives um basically the idea is we you just come in and you just keep going at it because it's stress testing because the idea is you've got to turn the oh fuck into fuck you that's that's the idea because the immediate response to anyone attacking you is like ah oh. um but those two seconds you just lost that's you know, I mean, that looks like it is blunt, like, and it's unsharpened, like you said. It's still kind of, it looks like a knife. It is a knife, for all intents, so you still do get. Training. That's why I enjoyed it, because you get the same real reaction. You're like, even with you coming towards me, I'm like, it's a blunt knife. I've got a vest on. It's fine. It's still a fucking knife. I'm like, shit, <laughs> I need to get back. And it was, it was fun training, because it's probably, if you brought a randomer off the street and you wanted to really quickly stress test them and highlight how unprepared most of us really are, that's the perfect stress test because you immediately recreate almost a perfectly real scenario and the fear that people get immediately from it is like shit shit and you just end up doing you almost squirm like an octopus like that trying I mean, to get away my favorite one for especially for for knives um was actually brought up because next year's um been elected uh, vice president for next year is taekwondo did taekwondo when he's younger um about the idea that people are um trained with knives if they're trained, I've said this a few times is it doesn't matter. It's a knife. And in fact, if they're trained, they're probably easier to deal with than someone that's untrained because someone that's trained has a pattern or a form that they're generally working towards. Someone that's untrained is just going like that. They're just, you know, in that quick cut, which is probably blurred in the screen, they've cut your carotid artery and gone across your Adam's apple. You're dead. That's it. There's no, there's no, oh, well, I'm, I'm going to work. No, 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 no. Get the fuck away from the knife. They've got <laughs> a knife. Don't go near it. You do things. If there's no other option, you're backed into corners, something like that. But don't just, don't, oh, you've got a knife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like those fucking dickheads recently, in, in those racist dickheads up in London. Um, you saw one of them that was attacking the policeman like, like this. He literally did. Oh, I saw that. Him go like that. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, mate, they're going to, if they actually wanted to hurt you, you'd, you'd be pretty much on the floor. Um, he was doing that, and then there's a yeah. piece of with a baton. I went, yeah, no. they, they don't want to hit you. If they did, you'd be on the floor. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that, but that's the attitude that some people have of like, yeah, but I'm a, I'm a tough nut. It's like, no, you're not. It doesn't matter how tough you are, how hard you are, who the fuck you are. At the end of the day, if someone wants to hurt you and they've got enough intent and you can't get away from them, you're fucked. But my my favourite thing is... It, a bit old, but do you remember Star Wars Episode One with Qui Gon Jinn and Obi Wan? They're in a they're in a ship under the water, and there's a massive fish chasing them, and they keep going for a little bit, and then an even bigger fish, it's about ten times the size of the one chasing them, eats the big fish chasing them, and Qui Gon just turns and goes, "It's always a bigger fish." Yeah, same thing. There is always a bigger fish, always. <laughs> and I get this a lot at university um, because everyone's come from a town or a village where they were the hard nut. Um, and you know, yeah, 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 well, I'm still that man. No, you're not. <laughs> you're, you're, you're a big fish in a much bigger fucking pond. Um, it's, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you are. You know, 
so many world martial arts champions, so many um, guys that have been on the street or whatever, have at some point had the ever-loving shit kicked out of them. Look at the, the most well-known boxers of all time, Muhammad Ali, um, Mike Tyson, Joe Johnson. All of those guys at some point had the shit kicked out of them. Um, like royally beaten. And these, are the, these were the best boxers ever. Suppose, you know, depending on what, know. how you're, how you're looking at it. Even if you transition, you look at, uh, as an example, this always seems to be in the media that I can't escape from. You go for like Conor McGregor, who was effectively a, an amateur failed boxer before he got into MMA. He did the living shit kicked out of him multiple times before he even got into an MMA ring. He didn't automatically just get good at hitting people. He, wasn't, he didn't just wake up one day and go, bang, oh, I'm good at this. Yeah, it doesn't happen. You've got, you've got to get hit. The, the thing that me and a lot of other instructors, most instructors will say to you is um, we failed way more times than you've even tried. Um, I've, I've said this in the previous podcast as well, that my, the one that I find funniest is back when I was doing tournament fights um, and when my ego was higher because I was younger. Um, I remember getting into a, a real tears about the fact that I was in the wrong weight class. So I shouldn't be fighting these guys. I'm a higher weight class. These fuckers, it's going to be pointless. It's not going to mean anything when I beat them, all this kind of stuff. I lost in the first round. I just got smashed into the ground. Now, partly, that was probably because of the fact that I thought I was going to beat them. Because in my head, I was going, well, yeah, I'm, I'm better than you. So it doesn't matter. And because of that... You lost that I battle lost. before it even begun psychologically, hadn't you, really? At yeah, that point. I'd lost. At that point, I'd lost because in my head, I'd won. And therefore, I lost. That was it. It was as simple as that. Now, on paper, there is no way in fucking hell that guy should have beaten me. He'd just been promoted to his belt. I hadn't. I was about to go to up another belt. He was um, about six kilos lighter than me. Uh, he was two or three inches shorter than me. There was nothing on this guy. I have a longer reach. Nothing on paper says this guy should have beaten me. He beat me. He beat me immediately. Like it wasn't even a, it wasn't even a contest. This guy beat me immediately. This was back in the late nineties, um, and it's as simple as that. You know, okay, I wasn't as good then as I am now, but I was still good enough to be in that ring. Well, not a ring, Matt. So, but you're um, not stupid to be on that now to get into the ring with someone and ignore uh, their ability or think you're superior. You treat everyone with a with a fucking magnifying glass because yeah. you don't know who someone is. That little girl down the street who you pass every day, you have no fucking idea who she is, who her parents are, what she's been trained to do, what she can do. It's best to assume everyone's dangerous. That way you never get into the mindset of the big I am. I am, you know, this huge guy. I'll take anyone on. Come on. Like you said, the, the whole small town mentality of, oh, he's from that family. Mm, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mess with him. No. he. Did you know he killed a guy once? He's buried. Oh, in yeah, no. Dog. I'm my favourite my favorite conversation on a train was when I was going from Canterbury to Faversham and I had someone try and scare me by telling me that their brother was in prison for murder. <laughs> Are you your brother? No. Cool. Um, <laughs> Even then, not um, very good. it sounds really bad, doesn't it? But he's clearly a bit of a shit criminal because he got caught. So <laughs> probably not as dangerous I mean, as it might sound. It's, it's really... Uh, the whole attitude is really weird because... And I've had it before where people will say it to me, and I'm sure you even said it when we first started training, of if somebody's starting to fight with me, and, and they'll immediately be going like, well, why don't you do something? Why would I? Why, yeah, why, why do I need to 
all that it does is mean that you potentially get hurt or you're in a prison cell for the night. They, are, they potentially get hurt or they're in a prison cell. You don't know who their mates are. You don't know who they are. I could just buy them a drink and carry on with the rest of my night. You, you joke. I've actually done that. I've, I've done that on an occasion where I've been outnumbered and a bloke been, I, I can't even remember what it was for. I think I bumped into their missus, which I'm pretty sure I didn't. And I just went, Joe, I'm really sorry. I'll buy you a drink. Oh, oh no, my ego's all bruised. Oh dear. And his ego's up high. Yeah, well, let him enjoy his high ego. At least I haven't been punched and stamped on by three different blokes. Yeah. Really it's, it's, I'm fine. It's a weird thing. And I have so many people that say, yeah, yeah, but I've got a fight. Why? It'll cost you a fiver to buy him a new drink and everyone's happy. They can go and act the big I am back with their mates. And you know otherwise. Like, you don't... Have you suddenly... Are you suddenly not able to do anything that you can do because you haven't proved it? It's, it's a bit like a world champion, um, like, dart, um, darts guy, you know, PDC or BDO, not taking a challenge in a dart in a pub in you know against some drunk guy that probably hurt someone with the darts and suddenly what you're not world champion anymore no <laughs> it's you just don't want to deal with that shit right now fuck off it's why bother we just it's just not i mean we some guy tried uh, tried fighting me when you and harry were with me once and i just yeah. carried on drinking i don't care I even remember um, me and Harry when a local takeaway shopping in, I can't remember what the takeaway shop is. Uh, let's not mention them. <laughs> let's not mention them. It's, I know where it was, but I'm not going to say. Um, and a guy came in, he just jumped out of the van, he was a little bit pissed, he probably shouldn't have been driving. Um, and he started, he made an order and then started getting pretty racist towards the, um, the takeaway people. Me and Harry are sat there just like, you know, really. Harry decides to say something. I can't remember what Harry had said. It wasn't offensive. He was just basically like, is there any need for that? And the guy basically went, oh, fuck you and your friend up. I'm going to fucking do this and that and the other. We just sat there. Harry looked at him. The guy's like, what the fuck are you looking at? He's just like, nothing, mate. Just minding my business, all right? The guy felt hard because Harry was just sat there. Felt tough because there's two of us and one of him. And he's probably thinking, oh, I'll do you both or whatever. And we're just both sat there just waiting for our food. Um, been really easy to be really egotistical and then just gone in two and one and beaten a guy up. But what's the point? What, yeah. do, what do you gain from that? Yeah, okay, you feel great about your ego, but you just beat someone up. That makes you no better than the person who's initially doing that kind of behaviour. Yeah, it's, it's totally pointless. The, the reality of self-defence, when it comes to it, is not a fairy tale. Someone gets hurt. Someone's going to get hurt. Um, oh, and it's not, you know, if you, look at, if you look at TV programmes, they're all, they're all fantastical in some way. But the one to me that's nearest to actual self-defense or actual reality of a fight when someone is really on it is Punisher. Oh, nice. Just, I'm just going to break your fucking face. Just going to break your face. Fuck you. And that's the reality. Because if someone is in that mindset, they've taken drugs, they've, um, you've really, you know, you've beaten them up to the point where they are, whatever it is, and they are now there's now an actual fight, an actual attack that is wanted. It's not a, well, you've hit me a couple of times. Ah, well, it's my turn. It's not how it works. It's not how it fucking works. You don't get to go back and forth. It's not a 10 minute fight in a random film. You get a proper hit, you hit it hard, you hit first, you keep hitting, hit, sorry, you hit first, you hit hard, and you keep hitting. That's it. 
I, um, I worked with, I used to work with, in a nightclub in Hampshire and I remember a doorman telling me a story about a guy who was, he's a squatty, who was basically ramped to the high heavens on coke. And the doorman said he just had to keep hitting him because he just kept getting up. He couldn't knock him out. So that was the only solution. Just had to keep hitting this guy until enough people came to restrain him. Because, you know, someone that high on something like that, they, they feel ridiculously strong, like insanely strong because of what they're on. One person's not going to be able to restrain him. No hope in hell. And they'll be seeing God knows what. You, you suddenly throw a couple of pint glasses into the mix or something like that. Well, you've easily got someone dead or seriously injured. So keep hitting, keep them out of the way. Yeah. That I mean, there's, a, there's, I mean, because Spice, it's not as popular now, but Spice became really popular uh, a couple of years ago. Someone yeah. in, in lockup in Kent, and I won't say where, but um, I believe lost a finger because they basically had to shut the jail door on his hand because he would not stop. And there were six of them trying to hold him down. Um, it's just as simple as that. It, this shit doesn't, you know, self-defense isn't about getting into a fight. If you are pushed and you have no other recourse, you are backed into a corner, you have nothing else, then you need to do it. Um, I mean, so you've had to use self-defense. So um, you not necessarily mention any names or anything like that, but, um, what kind of stuff did you come across or having to use it or, you know? Um, well, a few different cases when I was a student. Um, one was a friend who was on, I don't know what medication, but some medication. Um, he shouldn't have been drinking. And his mental state wasn't, wasn't great. It wasn't where it needed to be. And once you start throwing meds and mixing alcohol into the equation, you, you know, well, it's obviously become unstable. Um, and I remember him basically being set on doing something stupid. He was trying to run into roads, trying to jump up a bridge. Um, we ended up having to restrain him, but he was fairly drunk. And he was, he's not, he was a strong guy. Um, so we ended up having to restrain him, but in a way that we couldn't get hurt and he also couldn't hurt himself. I remember even at one point we had him fully restrained, just me and a friend. And then he started smashing his head off the pavement. <laughs> it's just like, at that point, like, for God's sake, like, can you just sit the fuck down? Stop it. So we ended up having to have this guy restrained, just two of us, literally, I don't even know how to describe it. It looked like a spider's web if you were a person viewing it, just to the point that we could hold him there until the police arrived to calm him down or take him to custody. He ended up coming down and he was fine. Um, I think because the shock of the police actually showing up, he suddenly went, oh, mm. um, I've, I've had to get someone in different wrist locks before, but really, I, I tend to avoid fighting. I, I don't like being in a fight. I, I don't think it ever really ends well. Um, I've always, like, I used to work in um, the Cherry Tree pub in Canterbury, people know it's a great bar. Um, it's got excellent reputation now. Probably if you go back 10 years, it didn't have so much. I remember we had um, a guy in there once with his mate. They were supposedly friends. I don't know what they were on. They were on something. Um, and they, they started fighting in the middle of the bar. We had the bar hatch open. My colleague was like in front of the bar hatch with these two guys fighting, almost pushing him into the basement. He certainly hurt himself. And we had basically had to get in between both of them. I didn't even have to get physical with them. Just the fact that there was, I was in between them, talking to them both. Just, I don't even remember what I said, but talking to them both, calming them down and actually getting them out of the bar to the point where they're going in their different directions. Um, I've had a few incidents where I've, I've, I've got physical, but again, I've, I've generally not sh strike people because that tends to evoke, uh, I guess, a harsher response, especially if you're with like a group of people. Like the guy I had to get into a wrist lock was in a nightclub. And it was only because he swung for me. <laughs> it's literally the only reason. Could have easily just hit him back. But what would be the point? You could see his friends in the bar. I know he had his friends. I knew I didn't have any friends with me. So I'm going to lose in that scenario. 
Um, his friends came over. Everything all right, mate? I'm like, yeah, everything's fine. We resolved it. I bought him a drink. Problem absolutely solved. Whereas if I decided to smack him back in the face, oh, great. Not only is the doorman now going to get a report that I've hit someone in the face because they probably didn't get the first impact where the guy tried to swing for me, his friends are now going to come and beat the shit out of me and I'm going to get thrown out of the club or worse, imagine if they get thrown out and then they wait for me outside later. I just, I, I tend to try and avoid physical contact if I can because it, I just think it's pointless. No one wins if you hit someone or get in a fight. It, it's just, I don't buy into the fact that you need to hit him harder and knock him out. Why? What, what, sorry, you're tough for five minutes. Big, big fucking hoo ha, big whoop. You look great for your missus. Who cares? No one really. Yeah. It's just your ego. I mean, as you say, restraining him as well. So, I mean, I think the, the big thing there as well is that the self defense was in action when you weren't fighting as well. And that's what people need to remember is yeah. all the training, yeah. especially yeah. with Yeti, was being able to use verbal self-defense which people don't really think about people think about you know yeah i'm i'm, I'm gonna be you know i'm i'm the next um khabib Nurmagomedov. i'm the next um conor mcgregor whatever just talk to them just just you know I it, may just be, it may just be and i've literally had this before where the guy just had the shittest day on earth and something has just set him off. And if you just go, look, mate, are you all right? Let's get you a drink. He might just go, um, fine. Um, Whereas if you then, what the fuck are you looking at? Yeah. That's it. <laughs> I mean, my favorite one, my absolute favorite is um, Darren Brown. I don't know if you've heard this before. So Darren Brown, when he was, and I love what he was wearing. Darren Brown was in a bright um, purple, like um, shiny suit, because he'd just been to the magic circle. Um, and he came out and his, this guy just, you, he could hear like a massive bright, um, like bust up between this guy and his missus, big guy, and just started on Darren Brown. Darren Brown's response was the, the fence outside my house isn't eight foot tall. And the guy <laughs> yeah, just- The fence outside my house isn't eight foot tall. <laughs> and the guy just, just went and just broke down and started crying because it completely deflected from what was going on because there's a certain set thing in your head of what the response is. Every guy knows it innately, you know, start uh, a, a fight breaks out in a bar, you take your, your jacket off. Um, if something happens, you push your, your girlfriend behind you, you put your hand. There's a set rule. Those are the set. You don't mean to do it. That's just ingrained into society. Yeah. So when you're starting on someone, their response is the fence outside my house isn't there at all. He was just, what 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 and, and it just that, broke down and, and Brown ended up just talking him down he just went look mate you're all right what's going on um imagine you're a mugger and you're, you want to quietly take someone's phone you're like oh, i've got enough give me your phone you just start shouting yellow hippos are not real They're like, what the fuck <laughs> yeah you're talking about they wouldn't it's weird you're almost like in the psyche there's almost like this link like you said where these are the steps i expect this mugging to go down as yeah i attack you i show you the knife you give me your phone i quietly slip away or you, you get violent towards me and I stab you. If you suddenly start saying something utterly ridiculous, you break that psyche, that link almost, and they just sort of go, it's almost like watching um, a computer freeze and then lag and just go, you can always see it in their eyes. They don't know what's happening, but they know it's not right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's and, and that's, so verbal self-defense is to reduce that stress. Th those things do reduce stress. Now, I wouldn't necessarily state that you should do those because they can, of course, back 
backfire, especially if someone's on spice or a load of other stuff, because they'll just be like, yeah, yeah. or they're, you know, paranoid schizophrenic, and you say stuff, say stuff like that, that could make them worse. But, um, but of course, the, the point of oral self-defense is to try and diffuse. So it's the same idea. It's just taking, this is where they are right now. You want them down here. So yeah. you just want to be like, let's defuse this. I don't want to fight you. You're, you fighting me, me fighting you is going to do nothing for you. That's why a lot of the time I will pretend to be drunk and just offer them a drink. I'm sorry, I'm really sorry, mate. I, I've just had too many. Uh, I'll get you a drink and then just leave. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, don't yeah. know and what the fuck you look like because they're drunk. I'd even go further as well in that, like, verbal is one thing, getting physical is another thing. Physical, in my book, like, bar some situations where it is absolutely required as a first response. If you really feel like you're going to get in some serious danger yes. soon, yeah. you can strike first. If you really have provided enough warnings and that person is still not stopping, fully within your rights to do that. That's not legal advice. That's just, if that situation, you know if that situation permits itself, you just will. You'll feel, you know, the, I guess the aura of the situation. But what people don't often talk about is um, basically seeing a threat before it becomes a threat. So a good example that I'd use of this is have you ever been walking around a local area and you see like, I don't know, the local group of Yobos, every area has the local group of Chavis or whoever, it doesn't have to be Chavis, it could be whoever you like, that you know that, you go through, you'll get some kind of comment, they'll try and trip you up, something ridiculous. If you see them down one stretch of road, why walk down that stretch of road? Go around them, avoid the situation and the confrontation entirely. You don't need to have it. But you start, the more you practice self-defense and you do sit like with the situational stuff with Yeti, you do start noticing stuff like that. So like if you see someone you know you've got a problem with or something like that, maybe walk the other way, go around them, go take a different route, avoid the scenario completely. That way well, you don't even have to get into the point where you're defending yourself physically or verbally. You've just avoided a fight completely. Yeah. And I mean, actually you can get, I think the two go together as well. It just reminds me of when I was younger and my, um, my dad who... At the time, I, I, I was old enough that I could have done something. My dad was probably late 60s by this point. My dad was born during the war. So he was walking with two sticks at this point, a um, lot of health issues. And we were walking past. I think it was the only, you could only go that way. And it was the local group of, you know, arseholes. And we walked past. And my dad, very, not very politely, my dad's from Yorkshire as well. So it's just the accent, but very politely just went, you know, excuse me, guys. Can we get past? And they parted, we went past, and someone shouted, Yeah, but now it's time we won't fucking move. And then immediately afterwards, someone, one of his mates just went, Yes, we will, you twat. He asked us nicely. And it was that, it was that even even assholes have some set of like, even even people that are complete dickheads, if you respond to their arsiness or whatever it is with niceness. It's that thing of like smile that confuses people. It's even if you, if that is your response, even they have an immediate thing of going, no, 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 wait a minute. He wasn't an art, he, he wasn't a dick to us. He was nice to us. We'll move yeah. next time. He was not. I've seen an amazing video on that um, with a comedian on stage and he gets a person from the audience and basically just goes, insult me. And he doesn't run through the normal response being like, you know, you're a fat idiot. No, you're a fat idiot. You know, that's the first step. In the second step, he goes, do it again. You're a fat idiot. Yeah, you know, I guess I could lose some weight. But you're stupid. Yeah, I, I didn't get the best GCSEs. And it ends up with the woman just being like, what the fuck? Just <laughs> <laughs> it, it works. And he's just yeah. like, I'll be mean to me if I just counter everything you say with something remotely nice or accepting, can you? It's like, no, you, you, you physically can't. <laughs> no.
it's uh, when we try and do this with, with yeti as well it's just going no no just just be nice don't don't back talk don't back talk it's just going to get our, our our backs up it's there's no point just like good nice. doorman don't good doorman their first instinct because i know there are bad doormen as well they're not all good but most of them are actually are very good at their jobs it's only the odd one like with anything that's bad but good doormen will generally use verbal de-escalation they won't actually just go up to someone and generally just drag them out as a first response unless they really have to a lot of them will just talk to them they're always two yeah so i've trained as um for, for door supervision and even in the training they you're always told you generally have two you have the one that can talk, the one that can de-escalate, the one that can do, and then, as was put in the words of my instructor, the thump merchant behind. <laughs> when all else fails and you can't do anything else, that's when he comes in and just fucking gets rid of you. Because, <laughs> um, you know, we would point out if anyone's thinking about next year and, and worried about Yeti, Yeti's also trained in counseling, so he will just, if, 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 it's, if you get upset, he'll just give you a hug. It's he's just, actually really nice. He's a biker Santa. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, so, I mean, we've talked just bits and pieces, but then these, that's what podcasts are. They're bits and pieces all over the place. You get a general theme and they just go fucking go everywhere. Um, but so you said about when you've used self-defense, you've used it in different ways as well. So you've used it with, so you used it actually when it wasn't self-defense or kind of, because you were using it with a friend to basically just restrain them and make sure they didn't, go off on one but you also had to use it when someone swung for you so you've used it in terms of almost as a nicety but also having to actually defend yourself when it's when it's come to it in a club so you've you have had now how did it um because we say about it's you know the brutality or whatever of it if you compare say um as compared to three different times to if the guy swung for you before you've done anything, if the guy swung for you when all you've done is Krav Maga, if the guy swung for you, well, when the guy swung for you and you've done self-defense as well, how did you feel in each point? Like, how was the psychological, how do you feel you would have reacted or, you know, would you have shut down? What, you know? I think the first time, if it was I hadn't done anything, he would definitely hit me. And then my first response would have probably been to immediately just kind of like jump on him, probably, like, because I was. That's when his mates then, joined. <laughs> that's when your mates joined. I had no mates. Um, so I would have been utterly, I wouldn't have thought, I would have just immediately jumped on the adrenaline and probably just tried to swing for him, which would have ended really badly for me. I know it would have known one and now. Um, with Krav, he probably would have still hit me, but I would have likely done something to him. Um, but again, I didn't really have the, I guess, the situational awareness. And it's a really weird thing to explain, but like with after doing actual self-defense and training in the situation, you start thinking about things differently in those. And you do, I know you talked about muscle memory. Part of it is muscle memory. Like if I hadn't trained in the situations, he definitely would have hit me. There's no question he would have hit me because I wouldn't have been used to a fist coming towards me. And to be fair, from what I remember, he wasn't actually that quick. He was slightly pissed. So actually it was quite a nice <laughs> thing to get away from. If he wasn't pissed, maybe we would have had some problems. Um, but yeah, so... I guess to go back, if I had done no training, he definitely would have hit me. I would have just dived in and likely his mates would have just beat the shit out of me. It would have been, I would have lost. It would have been lose-lose. If it had just been Krav, I probably would have still hit him. I probably would have thought about it more, trying to get a responding hit in and then getting away, which probably, again, would likely end pretty badly for me because he's got his mates behind him. Um, and then with, with self-defense, the main thing is I'm always thinking about situations. So in that case, I was aware his friends were there. I knew his friends were nearby. I knew that if I just hit him in the face, I knew what the likely outcome was going to be that I would have lost. 
So the easiest thing was to immediately kind of deal with the threat without really hurting him because I didn't hurt him and then de-escalate. I didn't want to hurt him. I wouldn't have achieved anything by hurting him. But I, I do that now wherever I go. Whenever I go into a, even like a club or a pub or a restaurant, I will look around. I'll see. You can tell who troublemakers are in most places like that pretty quickly. You know, um, there's a local bar in the waterfront in Bristol that I go to. I avoid it on, on uh, weekends and on football days because I know all the football guys go there. I know where you have a massive group of lads uh, and a lot of alcohol and then conflicting sports teams is likely to be trouble. So I don't go. There's no point. Why would I? Um, and yeah, I, I tend to look at things like that now. I'm more aware of the situations that I'm putting myself in. I, I remember something you did when I first started training, actually. I think it was in the SU. Like, what do you notice about the SU? I was like, I don't know. There's two doormen. I know the bar staff. It's pretty quiet at this time, pretty busy at this time. And then we saw someone was like, no, there's an exit here, there's an exit there, there's an entrance here, there's an exit there, even though it's not really an exit, it's a fire exit, but you could get away. Um, and that was kind of really eye-opening for me because I now think that way wherever I go. I, I notice when I go in, I notice where I'm near a door, if something was to happen, where's my exit point? I notice where I sit because I'm like, is that near a door? Is that too close to the main place? It's really hard to explain, but I'm aware of where I'm going, how I'm behaving and what I'm doing way more than I was before I'd done anything. I think I told you the colour of the guy's shirt that was behind me as well, if I remember properly. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure you did, actually. <laughs> it's it's, it's uh, and knowing who's going to be an issue in there. Um, there's plenty of guys who are, you know, big guys that, that's ah, fine, they're going to run in a minute. Um, but that's that's a, with a lot, <laughs> a lot of experience, to even, and that's still guesswork. Um, knowing where the exits are, that's definitely something you learn from door work. Um, knowing where the exits are. Um, I had big issue with the SU in terms of moving the fucking pool table next to the bar, because now you've given everyone a pool cue when they're drunk. Great idea. Where the bouncers? Other end of the bar. Brilliant. Um, because there's no situational awareness from them as bar staff or as bar managers, there's no situational awareness. And you get this in a lot of places where people just don't think through where certain things are. Where is their help? Where is their exit? Where is this? And they don't think it through. Um, the point I was making was not just to slag off Krav Maga. Um, the point <laughs> I was, know you don't like <laughs> <laughs> My point was to talk about the reality there. So when you don't know anything, your immediate response is almost the, um, the standard, well, we've got to get into a fight. You at me. That's, just, that's how it works. I'm male, therefore we fight. So that was yeah. your immediate thing. Krav, you still, you had some, um, you had some, some skill against someone that was unskilled to be able to do something. Um, yeah. And then throw on that, whether it was just from self-defense or whether it was simply a, uh, uh, an accumulation of everything else you'd learned on top of that, you start to get more awareness. And the point I was trying to make was there are, there's a difference between each of them. And if you, if your main thing is to have to fight back or your main thing is to fight or your main thing is just simply not to get the fuck out of the way, it becomes brutal because once you're on top of someone, now their mates are there or you're getting your head kicked in. If you're hitting back, now there's an issue because now you're the one that could be in trouble. And all of these things are there. Um, now, in reality, you may need to break someone's bone. You may need to give a bloody nose. But those aren't things you can think out beforehand. There's plenty of people that in their head or on their keyboards go, well, yeah, I'll just do this. Keyboard warriors, I'm sorry, you're the funniest fuckers on the planet. Um, and if any Krav Maga guys see this or someone that's ever watched a film, I'm sure I will get some shit for that. 
not slagging off Krav Maga, merely pointing out that there are, there's a lack sometimes, depending on who you go to. If you go to a decent guy, or you, fuck it, you go to Israel to train. Um, yeah. That was a t-shirt I brought back was Israeli um, top because I, I went out to Israel. Um, then you'll get decent guys, but a lot of the time, and this is the same with any martial art, any self-defense system. I was, the only reason I brought up Krav Maga is because it's what Jordan did, um, is that they all have that one bit lacking, which is to not, is they almost want you to be in that fight. And I don't. No. Generally, generally, self-defense doesn't want you to be there. It doesn't want you to be there. It wants you to be aware of your surroundings. And if you can, just fuck off. Um, yeah. Now, I have a big issue with, and um, some people, in my opinion, anyway, take it too far with the, well, I'll just run. Okay. Mm. So if someone's got a knife and you just look at them and go, I'm going to run. How do you know they're not faster than you? Exactly. <laughs> and so my biggest, my, the, the thing I always say with this is, so anyone that knows me is I'm a big guy, I'm broad shoulders, I'm 6'2". I look more like a, a bruiser or maybe that I do weights. I look, that's, that's my look. I look like that guy down the gym that's going to pick something up, you know. Mm. Actually, I'm a marathon and ultra marathon runner. If you start running, so will I, and you'll get tired before I do. Um, so you can't assume that going, oh, I'm just going to run is going to help you because you have absolutely no idea who the fuck is chasing after you. You know, I, I literally know some sumo wrestlers that have done marathons. So just because you think you're faster, you're fitter, whatever it is, doesn't mean, think about who, who is generally done with, um, uh, with muggings in the UK. Is it the 78-year-old man next door? Is it his wife, Doris? Or is it the kid next door? Is it Matt next door, who's 18, goes to the gym every day, got, runs, used to do cross-country for his school? Is it him that's attacking you? Because it probably fucking is, isn't it? I love, did you read about, um, I can't remember what country it was in. Uh, where was it? I think it was like Czech, Czechoslovakia. Czech, I can't say it properly. Or the... the, the Basically, well, Czechoslovakia a... hasn't existed since you were about one. Um, uh, it oh, was the Czech Republic. It's now Czechia. But carry on. Czechia. That's what I mean. I knew you'd, <laughs> you'd know it. Sorry to <laughs> ask for this for a hell of a bit. Go on. Yeah. Um, it, there was a video recently released of a guy who was on a uh, bus with a bus driver, ex-army guy. And there was a lady in the street getting mugged. And the, the bus driver ran out and just basically pushed the guy. Didn't even fight him. Just pushed him away. And the guy ran away. Left the old lady alone. I think that's an, it's an interesting example. Is that whenever you read things happening like that particularly in the uk as well you hear about knife crime and stuff like that. there's a reason why all the campaigns generally aim towards younger people um, it's because younger people are more likely to carry a, a knife um, just broadly so like you said how do you know that young person isn't a marathon runner are you a marathon runner i know you are most people aren't so i'm not a marathon runner i'm probably not going to be out able to outrun someone who's got a knife and if i do i'll probably be so knackered i'll probably kill myself with a heart attack anyway so it's probably not worth it. I mean, even, um, even if you are a marathon runner, it's the short term period you're going to have to worry about for, if you're the one running away. And if someone's faster yeah. than you in the short term, you're still fucked. The only reason I brought it up in terms of marathon runner is at some point you're running away from fear. At some point you'll give up. But the other yeah. way around, it's still an issue. Um, if yeah, you're running away, you're I, do, um, I remember you saying to me was someone's pulled a knife out of you. Where are you? What is around you? So like near uh, where I live, uh, where some of the local like yobos hang out is like a little 
I guess like a, I don't know what you call it, a refuge area for like rubbish. There's a lot of bins there, black bins, massive big bins. Someone pulls a knife on you, you're better off just grabbing that bin and using it and holding it between you and the person with the knife. Sounds trivial. Keep the fucking bin between you and the knife. That's an extra bit of distance. They've still got to try and reach you. Um, yeah, throw the something at them. them. <laughs> Who cares? Hit them with find, the bin. Find something that's longer than their knife. <laughs> Bang, right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Literally, open the lid, stop throwing bottles at them. Just anything, anything you've got near you in your... I, not I mean, for too long, you. it's not a Jackie Chan film, but just but, for, <laughs> for I, a I'm short term, before, until you get the chance to get away, I think is the point. Or if you just yeah. actually throw them. That, well, I saw a video of a guy with a phone, you know, like the new iPhones now that are basically a brick. A guy throwing a he literally launched his phone into the guy's face and ran. You've just lost the thousand pound phone, but the guy was on the floor with a knife holding his face and you just got smashed in the face with a brick, basically. My favorite one, again, if anyone's listened to these before and knows my background, Kartitsu, smack him in the face with a bike. Um, <laughs> the only martial art to this date that I've ever known where a mountain bike becomes a weapon. Um, <laughs> when you actually Love put it. it in different terms, I've got a piece of metal that weighs quite a bit and is easy to maneuver. <laughs> I mean, it was, it's brilliant. I mean, because if anyone ever gets, to, if, if you can find this, guys, you've got to find it. Bartitsu uh, um, bike cycle defense. Yeah. It is guys, because it's from Victorian era, they're in Victorian dress, in top hat, not top hats, but like bowlers and whatever like that. And there's just one guy smacking the other guy in the face of the uh, mountain bike. It's hilarious. Um, also very brutal. It's not a nice, so there's even, actually, even with things like that, that's a, that's a point is, even because there's this lack of brutality in people's thought process and i think that's where the issue comes from and that's why i asked you about the three times in which you did it and the two times where you've had to do it in the past of how brutal or how imminently dangerous does something feel when it's actually happening as opposed to oh that's a good film because on a film, they they throw a punch and you're like oh yeah well they just they just did this but actually when somebody's really throwing a punch at you Mm, it's not well, the same. Most people, the vast majority of people, have never been hit in the face. It sounds ridiculous, but I'm willing to bet. I have no proof. Nothing's about that. I'm willing to bet I'm right. Ninety-five percent of people have probably never been. I'm talking like straight bang in the face, really fucking hurts, and it does fucking hurt. I've never had that. And yet they'll say, "Oh, knock that person out." Um, the reality is, when you're facing that situation, everyone likes to think it through in their head, right? Whether it's one person attacking you or three or four or whatever. Um, they like to think in their head that they'll be able to deal with it and that it'll be easy. And they, they, the one thing they neglect is how you feel. And you, even in all three of my situations, I've not felt good at all. I felt that my heart is racing. My head is a mess. I'm thinking about how I can get away. Um, but that's only because I've done God knows how many training sessions, practicing and similar, not even the same. They don't, the scenarios are similar. They're still not the same thing. They'll prepare you a, a little bit, but you still it's still weird and it, it's scary being hit in the face hurts it hurts a lot and unless you're pretty used to it or at least you've had it done to you once or twice you're not going to know how to respond you will freeze most people will freeze because you haven't done it i mean even then as so when i've when i you know come out of my young retirement every now and again i'll, I'll step onto the mat for a competition or i'll step into the ring i've had i've been tko'd in boxing i'm not a boxer not surprising it was a charity boxing match could fucking hit like a freight train. Um, so even then, 
I will still, even if it's in a, um, something that I know that I'm, I'm doing well, even if it's in sparring with a decent guy where you're going, no, no, let's up the sparring a bit. Even then, there should be something in your head going, this is fucking weird. Because if there isn't, there's an issue. And I'm saying that not with a few months of training, not with a year or two's training like Jordan. I'm saying that my first grading to a, to a belt, my first belted grading was 1989. Damn, and right. I'm still saying that. I was graded to yellow belt in judo in 1989, in July 11th, 1989. And I'm still saying that now. I've trained in different martial arts since then. I've had to defend myself when I was homeless on the streets. If you don't have something in your head going, this is this may end badly, you're a fucking idiot. It's you're either you're either so in your own head because you're a keyboard warrior, or there's something else wrong with you. Something should be telling you either this is wrong or this is dangerous because if that goes completely you should have confidence you should have some confidence to go okay i know what i'm doing fine but then if your mind doesn't immediately like if your if your heart doesn't start racing if your um you know epinephrine hasn't kicked in if all those stuff hasn't started happening there's something really wrong with you okay your heart should be pounding because at the end of the day you're gonna get i have been punched in the face kicked in the face slapped around the face hit with something around the face. Fuck it, I've, I've, I have been thrown, so again, my first martial art was judo, and no matter how hard you punch someone, you will never hit as hard as being thrown into the earth. It's, it, I've had that. And I just, it hurt, and you were being light. <laughs> yeah, I have, I've got, um, you know, fractured ribs from that. I have fucked up other things. Every martial artist has got an injury. If you don't, you haven't actually ever fought. Um, but I'm still, if anything happens there, I'm still going to be there going, ah, fuck, right? Um, it's, it's still going to be there because it, it should be. You know, you're not, and if anyone, I'm, there may be, I mean, I, I, we've only just started these online YouTube podcasts, so maybe no one's going to read them at all. But if anyone is listening, yeah, yeah, hi. Um, and start making comments about randomly, oh, yeah, but I wouldn't be, or, you know, Jason Bourne wouldn't, this wouldn't. Yes, you fucking would. Are you Jason Bourne? No, shut up. Also, so would they, (laughs) because, so, um, anyone that's just wondering, Jason Bourne generally uses a form, from what I can see, of Filipino martial arts, uh, generally um, dirty boxing and a scrimmer, um, which are Filipino martial arts, part of, Part of the things from it. Um, the reason I know that is because I've just put into hiatus due to pan, uh, the pandemic, but I'm in hiatus of getting my um, assistant instructor, so um, Catalan Guru, as a Filipino martial arts instructor. So I can see that. And I'll tell you right now that generally the Filipino martial arts, they will tell you to use your adrenaline, as they were doing a lot of other martial arts, but you will use your adrenaline. So if Jason Bourne has no adrenaline, kicking in hasn't got a heart going probably going to be fucked even worse so i'm gonna shoot off in probably five yeah Um, that's fine um so is there anything you else you wanted to um to kind of quickly add there but in terms of self-defense in training self-defense in reality and you know what it actually what it's all about like um and you don't have to talk because I, I, I realise, unfortunately, and it's because it's me that's doing these, and I happen to be the, the instructor as well as the president at the moment, um, that it can seem like it's just bigging me up. That's why it's quite nice when um, 
Tom Davies Sensei is on here because he's also an instructor. But um, it doesn't have to be about me or anything that I've done. But in terms of reality, the brutality of it, anything like that, is there anything else you want to add? Um, I'd just go back to like the best fight is not having a fight. Um, it's not, I, I still see it more regularly than anything. I think the biggest problem to people actually being able to defend themselves, particularly actually blokes and, and actually you no know, girls as well, is the attitude that women shouldn't fight. I don't know where the fuck that comes from because the best fighters I've actually seen have been women. They haven't been men um, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, and that men have this weird innate primal thing within them or societal thing, I don't know, brought up to have to have an ego boost to, to win, to beat someone up. And I think it's just stupid. Both are really, really stupid. Anyone can fight. Anyone can be a danger. And the best thing to do is just not have a fight. Avoid it if you can. And if you have to, end it quickly. <laughs> it's the yeah. simplest thing. Evade, 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 evade until you absolutely have no choice. And you will know when you have no choice. Go through that person. End it quickly. If you can't go through them, hit them as hard as you fucking can and then run. It, there's no point. No one ever wins if you stand in between two walls and just keep hitting each other. You both lose. It, it really is that simple. I mean, there's um, something really, really quickly to add on there, just because you said it, is um, in terms of um, how quick it's going to be. For those of you thinking, again, Jason Bourne, everything else, where the fights last 10, 20, fuck it, the entire film, a street fight is 10 to 30 seconds, and 30 seconds is in the very high end. 10 seconds. That's why you don't have time to think, because two seconds in, you're probably on the ground or you've been hit in the face already if you're still trying to figure out what to do. Um, it's 10 to 30 seconds max. Um, that's the reality of it. That's why I said right at the beginning that anyone, any decent sense of instructor is not teaching you to fight because you're not having a fight for 10 to 30 seconds. It's fuck, deal with this, bug off. And that's it. But um, anyway, Jordan, um, yeah. so thank you from the 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 uh, person that actually created the Self-Defense and Wellbeing Society um, and uh, the first president and from me as well. Uh, I believe the next podcast after this is going to be, I've mentioned it a couple of times, we'll be back with Tom Davies Sensei um, and we're going to be talking about um, the modernization of uh, martial arts and how we should um, potentially now train in more traditional martial arts to make them more useful nowadays. Um, so thank you very much for joining me and thanks everyone. I'll see you next time.